0: Sports box fans and welcome back to Sports Box. I'm your host Jude as always, and we're here back for another great episode of I I don't know if to call it aftermath because I'm kind of combining you know aftermath with kind of just like you know a, a more of a a standard type of podcast where I'm kind of just debriefing um, everything heading into the playoffs. Obviously, we had a very very exciting week 18. Um, could have not asked for a better week eighteen, honestly. Could have not asked for a better week eighteen. Just with, just with all the matchups that happened, all the games that happened, all the outcomes that happened, and, and just the great, I just the great quarterbacking because there was plenty of great quarterbacks uh, that had themselves performances this weekend, like Prescott, like Herbert. Um, you know, Garoppolo kind of came alive in his own game. Uh, other other guys played really well. Brady, you know, he's had himself a year, but he had himself a game. So just overall in general, there, there were plenty of great things to take away from this week. So before we get any further, I should probably establish what the playoffs are now looking like right so obviously on the afc side we have the titans who locked up the number one seed and then the division winners being the chiefs bills and Bengals to cap off our two three and four seeds and then to in our wild card spots we got the raiders at five who jumped up big time patriots at six and then the steelers getting in at the seventh spot with uh with quite a lucky Sunday night, I should say. <laughs> and then on the NFC side, we have our one seed and our one bye for the, the this week, the Packers. Um, and then filling out those divisional winners, we have the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, and the Rams at 2-4. through four. And then finishing us off with a wild card, uh, we have the Cardinals at 5-49ers at 6. And then the Philadelphia Eagles sitting at 7. Um, so obviously that's kind of where the standings are. And then I'll just go through the games because I... I I really, want, I'm going to talk a lot today, and yeah, I mean that's that's the point of a podcast. But I want to talk a lot today because I feel like I haven't, you know, there hasn't been a podcast recently, but recently where I've been able to ramble, and I feel like this is the perfect time to just, you know, kind of talk about everything that we've seen this season, obviously heading into the postseason, just because. There's so much to talk about. Every game on its own, there's so much to talk about. So uh, starting us off this weekend, we have the Raiders at Bengals. Um, That is the 5-4 spot. That's at 1.30. And then these are all Pacific time, by the way. And then Saturday night, we have an AFC East divisional game uh, between the Patriots and Bills at 5.15. Heading over to our Sunday games, we have the Eagles and Buccaneers at 10 a.m., 49ers versus Cowboys at 1.30. And then we have the Sunday night matchup between the Steelers and Chiefs. And then for the first time ever, we have our first Monday night wildcard game between the Cardinals and Rams at your typical 5.15 time for a Monday night game. Um, So, a lot of great games. Um, And I'm going to start with this. And and obviously, I'm going to talk about every team. So, they'll they'll get their shine. Um, The the Chiefs and Steelers should have not been on Sunday night. I don't think that's a bold take. I think that's a good take. I think that's a cold take. Um, I think that's a cold take for the reasons being look, it's cool to see Big Big Ben in the playoffs and, you know, the Steelers, obviously, they've had a very up and down year and, and, and they're back in the playoffs. But I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> come on. I mean, last time we saw the Chiefs and Steelers play in Arrowhead uh, was actually this year where the Chiefs went and blew them out 36 to 10. Um, so I don't get it. I mean, maybe it's because I mean, I I would have thought you know they put the 49ers and Cowboys just because bringing in ratings. I mean, that that's a that's a historic matchup right there. Uh, you know, last time they had played was 1995 in the NFC Championship game. So, the, I mean, bringing back old memories, I think that's something that the NFL should have done. But obviously, you know, it's, it's their choice. And I guess we'll have to see the Steelers get crushed on NBC. Uh, but anyway, back to the more important point. So I'm going to start with kind of more of the you know debrief of week 18 because there are some things that i definitely want to talk about and that's starting with the indianapolis colts now if you live under a rock uh and you don't know what happened with the indianapolis colts well let me tell you the indianapolis colts for the first few weeks struggled right they they, they, they started off weak. they're like one and three around that range they, they, they couldn't really find their groove um and then finally, they they started getting hot. They, they really started getting hot. Um, they were playing some really good ball. Uh, Obviously, they have a great running back in Jonathan Taylor, who's, you know, without a doubt, one of the best running backs, if not the best running back, definitely the best running back um, this year in the NFL, without a doubt. They had, you know, Carson Wentz, who struggled. And then they, they started getting hot, right? They started getting hot. After the loss to Tennessee, 34 to 31, which was still a, a very close, close game. Uh, they they started with some ball games and they didn't just start winning, they started dominating, right? They they beat the Jets, the Jaguars, and then they had a huge win against the Bills 41 to 15. Um, and they continued that on to December when they beat the Patriots and Cardinals in back-to-back weeks on the road in Arizona. Uh, May, I mind. And so they were looking like, honestly, I mean, up to that Cardinals game, the Indianapolis Colts looked like the best team in football. They really did. I mean, the the team heading into week 17. They were they were nine and six, and it was like, all, right, all they gotta do is close it out against the Raiders and Jaguars. They can do that with ease, and if they can do that, they can win the division, right? They they can possibly win the division, and without a doubt, they're gonna be in the playoffs. Well, that didn't happen, and it was the complete opposite of what everybody expected. So they take a loss to the Raiders, 23 to 20. And you can look at that game and say, okay, yeah, okay, they they played a tough game. You know, the Raiders, they always like to stay close in some games, as we'll talk about later, but it's a tough loss. You know what? They got the Jaguars. They'll wrap it up. And all they had to do, all the Indianapolis Colts had to do was beat the Jaguars and they're in the playoffs. That's all they had to do. That's, that is all they had to do. The Jaguars, keep in mind, are one of the worst teams in the NFL and probably had to deal with one of the worst coaching situations this season. Uh, obviously the, the Raiders can own number one with John Gruden, but th- th- this, this comes in a very, very close second with Urban everyone. Ma- I mean, you can even argue it's the worst. Um, so this Jaguars team was awful and they go on to lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars and they don't just go and lose. They lose 26 to 11 in, in all three aspects of the game, special teams, offense, defense. They were dominated by the two and 14 Jaguars. They were dominated by the two and 14 Jaguars. And I, it's funny because, uh, you know, we have our, our, our weekly show, me and Sam, with uh, Stop the Clock. And you guys should definitely check it out. And we'll have a great one this week as uh, the playoffs are right here. Uh, we'll talk more about, you know, the game specifically. But, man, I picked the Jaguars. And I picked the Jaguars more as a joke because, obviously, Sam was kind of low on the leaderboards for, uh, you know, game prediction. So he, I was like, you know what? Why not? And the Jaguars did it. They they really did beat the Indianapolis coach, which is crazy. Which is crazy. But it, it even made this this weekend so much more interesting because of it um but the last few takeaways was man i mean for a team that was 27th in yards per game they allowed 318 yards they allowed them trevor lawrence to look like the guy that we all thought trevor lawrence was and needed to be for the past 16 weeks um no playoff spot no pick uh and it's all on Wins. wins had a bad game uh, there's no denying it and Man, it's tough for a guy that had a very, very strong year, uh, had 27 touchdowns, threw for 3,500 yards, had a QBR 54.5, had a strong year uh, to say the least. It it sucks to see him go out this way because more than likely this was his last chance and it's hard to really come back from something like this, especially when you blow it against a team that, I mean, you should have destroyed, right? You should have destroyed Um, so that's where I wanted to start because I think that's where everything opens up. So obviously, with the Jaguars beating the Colts, it opened up what I like to call the AFC multiverse. (laughs) Um, and it's crazy. It it and that's how crazy football is. It, It anything can happen. I mean, so many things can happen with just one game. A game can decide the fate of everybody. So obviously, after the Jaguars had won, and everybody was shocked, it came down to the Raiders and Chargers. Uh, and obviously, you know the scenario: if the Raiders and Chargers both tied, they both could have made the playoffs. And there was a dilemma. I mean, after the the, the Jacksonville Jaguars had had won, you know, there, there was you know, they, then we had the afternoon game, so there was about a four four hour break between Jacksonville and then the Sunday night game that the Chargers and Raiders played on. And there was there were some people that are like some sources, I should say, quote unquote, they're like, there is a possibility that teams decide to kneel. Um, which is crazy. I, I thought that was absurd. I did not think it was going to happen. Thank God it didn't happen, uh, because I, I don't know how they would have done it. I, it would have been awful. It would have been bad for the game of football. But when I tell you the way that they did it was a hundred times better, and it led to the game of the year. And 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 I don't. I can't say that I've watched every single game, but I've watched every prime time game. I've watched. I've watched most games, unless it's a Jacksonville Jaguars versus Houston Texans type of game. I'm watching that game without a doubt. And this had to be game of the year and it's game of the year, not just because of how great it was and that it came down to the wire, but because of all the implications that were on it, right? If this was early in the season, I would be like, yeah, this is one hell of a game, but for it to, for everything, for all the marbles on the table, and then even some more marbles for some other teams. That is just what made this game of the year because of all the circumstances that led to this game. Since the Steelers had beaten Baltimore earlier in, in the day, the Steelers had a chance to make the playoffs as long as the Sunday night game didn't tie. And we all know what happens. They go to overtime. And in the last two seconds, um, the Raiders kick a field goal and win the football game. But that's not what everyone's talking about. They're talking about Brandon Staley. So where do I stand on Brandon Staley? Brandon Staley. Because I think he's sort of in an interesting situation, right? He had bad decision making. There, there is no doubting that. And without a doubt, he cost the game. But I I, I, I think for a young guy, those type of mistakes happen. You got to learn from those, right? You, you can't expect to be perfect every single week. Now, could these mistakes have been very avoidable? Yes, yes. And I'm going to start with the fourth and two. Because I think the fir- fourth and two proves something that a lot of teams should look at. Now, with the 4th and 2, obviously, if you don't know, the the Chargers were in a 4th and one, fourth and 2, whatever you want to call it, um, midway through the third quarter, they were down by 3, right? They were down by 3, 17 to 14, um, at their own 18-yard line. Now, if you look at the analytics, if they go for it and get it, there's a thirty six thirty six 36% chance they win. If they punt it, there's a 35% chance that they win. So there's a 1% differential between punting and going for it. But I think this is where analytics screw up a lot of teams. And this is something that I think i to say my coach, Mike McCarthy, is going to have to think about this postseason. A lot of teams are. You can't rule analytics as everything. And I could make a whole different podcast about this, but I think this is a very important key moment because... If we always consume ourselves in analytics and we look at, okay, if I don't get this, if I get this, if I score this touchdown, if I get this interception, what do the analytics say? And I think this is where some of the great coaches become amazing coaches and all-time greats is because, yes, you look at the analytics for some things, but as a great coach, you understand the circumstance that your team is in. And I don't think analytics can portray that. Look, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers... We're on 4th and 2 at their own 18. The offense wasn't really rolling. They're on the road in a packed Allegiant Stadium. That's, to me, what is a coach's you have to think about before analytics. Because if you don't get this, you're giving the Raiders perfect field advantage. The crowd is going to be roaring. All the momentum is going to be pushed on the Raiders. And now you got to deal with the consequences of that. So I think that's where analytics can screw you up because it's not everything. Now, it is it is it has become more of part of football because there is a reason to think about analytics. In some cases, there are where you're like, OK, let's look at the analytics of this. But I think analytics are more of a pregame type of thing you look at in game unless it's completely necessary. And I'm trying to I can't really think off the top of my head of a situation where you're really looking maybe for a two point conversion, right? Maybe for a two point conversion, you can look at it. But going forward on fourth down in your own territory, I wouldn't even look at analytics. I would throw, I would throw that sheet out of the out, out of the stadium. I'd throw that out of the stadium because you have to understand the circumstances and you're putting your team, you're putting your defense. Who the Chargers defense, they're not fantastic, they're not great, but those are still a group of hardworking men who give it their all every single play. And you're telling them, okay, now you got to go back on defense. And the Raiders offense is at our own 18. Let's stop them from scoring. Right. Like (laughs) that's hard for a defensive player just to pick up and do because not only that, but all the momentum has shifted. When they see their offense can't convert a fourth and two, they are completely deflated. And so it's hard for a team to really look at, you know, their coach and be like, yeah, coach, we got you. We 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 fully got you right here. And so I I think that was the turning point of the game. Obviously, he made a mistake early later in the game with the timeout, but I, I think at the end of the day, the fourth and two is what really mattered. And that's, that's truly what turned around this game. Um, So yeah, that, that, that's why I stand with that. I think Brandon Staley, I think you give him another year. I don't think you immediately fire him. I think the Chargers still had a good year. I know he had a bad, bad clock management, Um, but it comes with experience. It comes with experience. Um, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he's perfect by any means. And obviously they have a lot to work to do, but so do the Chargers front office. Uh, They got to make a lot of moves. uh, And for a, star in keenan allen to really only have six receptions for 52 yards and completely be non-existent i would say in this game that's a problem to me as your number one you that 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 is that's unacceptable you you can't you can't have that on your team um And so I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, I wanted to continue with more of playoffs and, you know, talk about, you know, the the, more of the playoff teams. But I feel like I'm going to save that for another podcast. And I felt like I I don't want to run it too long where I'm talking about, you know, so much, um, so much in in so little time, because I feel like I need more time to talk about the playoff teams in their own podcast and they deserve it. Um, So, yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, I. i i I think like i mentioned the colts and in the in the chargers really messed up and congratulations to the raiders um on a fantastic year and honestly even making it you know to the postseason and we'll definitely talk about them in the next podcast uh but anyway guys thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast as always i'm your host jude signing off peace